and welcome to Nick Flanagan Weekly. I am Nick Flanagan, and this is Nick Flanagan Weekly. And we are having just a great time here in the snow. I have an interview, an episode, really more of an episode than an interview. We were both kind of having an episode. Ha 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 ha. I don't know if I actually do interviews. I haven't really figured it out yet. Or if they're just taped conversations as if you were in a bathroom next to somebody talking for an hour. Uh, But Nick and I would never do that because bathrooms are gross and we don't like germs. This is Nick Nemiroff I talked to today. He is a really funny comic. Uh, He's the brother of my friend Davida Nemiroff, who's an art curator, and uh, she runs a gallery called Night Gallery. She did lots of photo shoots with me. She's a wonderful photographer. She's done a lot of great album covers. You should see the video she shot and directed for Jennifer Castle's uh, newest album, a single from that. And um, I think it's the song Texas, if you really want to know. Nick's been on Conan O'Brien. He was part of Comedy Central's Cluster Fest, and uh, he's just a really funny guy. And he's leaving Canada soon because that's what tends to happen, I've noticed. So enjoy this. There's weird dubstep playing in the background. So that's probably going to be the only time I play a long dubstep starp track. I should tell you that I once did the door for a dubstep show before I knew what dubstep was. And it was like being in a haunted house for three hours, you know, where, but one of those haunted houses where the people run up to you and touch you. I'll never forget when a shirtless man ran up to me, wrapped his arms around me and said, I love this culture. And soon I learned how to love that culture. And that's why I have a base nectar tattoo from the back of my neck to the front of my face. Enjoy this interview with Nick Nemiroff. We're going to start with a little bit of his stand-up. Enjoy yourselves. Live your lives. I was raised to be Jewish. Aww. <laughs> but we went, to, we went to a very progressive synagogue growing up. Uh, we actually had Canada's first female rabbi at my synagogue, pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to give you an idea of how open-minded we were, not only was she female, but she was also deaf, uh, divorced, openly gay, a devout Muslim. Her sermons were confusing. Hey. This is Nick Nemiroff, everybody. Comedian Nick Nemiroff. Maybe you've heard him on the Howard Stern Show. Maybe you've heard him (laughs) chopping it up with Anthony Cumia and Compound over there at Compound Media. Maybe you've uh, maybe you've heard him on Come Town, just Come Towning it up. Perhaps you've um, seen him on Guys We Fucked, <laughs> or maybe uh, you may remember him as the um, suspect in Serial. <laughs> and this is Nick Nemroff. Thank you for having me. 
<laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. It's interesting if I just sit here in silence and then <laughs> make you go through all the... I edit this podcast pretty heavily, <laughs> especially the interviews, because there's always a part where I just go on and on, mm-hmm. and it is weird. Like, I hear it, and I'm just thinking, what is the point? What was I thinking <laughs> to say all of this? Right. But you keep the solo all in. I don't mind the solo part. <laughs> this makes me think that you hate the interviews. Because there's nobody standing there Well, I just yammer at them. I, I mean, see. unless they're standing and listening. Right. But I think I'm getting better at listening. That's good. No. Yeah. <laughs> I've gotten worse at talking, so... Why have you gotten worse at talking? You're a professional comedian. <laughs> You've been on Conan O'Brien. Mm-hmm. You've been on the Todd Shapiro show. Mm-hmm. You've appeared on Toddy Tickle's Todd Shapiro show. I've tickled Todd Shapiro. You've been on, um... Fuckonomics podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm huge on Fuckonomics. They actually love me over there. <laughs> yeah, well, you know... What are the economics of book? <laughs> uh, it's mostly just be outrageous. Okay, that's yeah. the, that's how you yeah. What's your take on free speech? Uh, I think that the comics usually fighting for it are misguided. <laughs> <laughs> if you are fighting for free speech, you should be given the equivalent of free in terms of pay. No money. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know. Free speech is very important because what if, you know, I, you know, so that we arrest the Nazis, right? Mm-hmm. Because they say something we don't like. Next thing you know, I say something along those lines. Yeah, <laughs> something that aligns <laughs> with it. they're arresting me. It's true. First they came for the... <laughs> the Nazis. <laughs> First they came for the racists. <laughs> You and I said nothing. You and I said then. And then I. They said, came for the sort of like murder misogynists. Oh my god. Then they came for the ducks, which was a weird third choice. That's classic comedy. <laughs> yes. Little three. You, you heightened it. I probably know you what, 11, 12, 13 years? Yeah. Probably I the first time. So, we, yeah. Probably the first time we met was. You came to my parents' house in Montreal? Yes, you were in the basement. I was living in the basement. Yeah. Do you know that Ramon's song? Living in the basement? I don't want to go down to the basement. I don't know. It goes, hey, Mm daddy-o. I don't want to go down to the basement. Oh, yeah. There's something down there. (laughs) And in this case, it was you. Tell me about it. It's true. Uh, I was living in my parents' basement because I was probably like 16 at the time, uh-huh. or maybe let's say between 16 and 18. And uh, my older brother and sister had left the house, and there was a vacant basement available. Your sister and I are friends. That's, That's true. Why I wound up at your house. That's true. Yeah. We'd driven to Montreal. Were you doing shows there? I imagine. I think it was for the Pop Montreal Festival. So Septemberish. I think it was the Paperbag Records Showcase. Okay. And I feel like a lot of Davida's friends who are a lot of them are now in Jennifer Castle's band. Right. Maybe were performing. Mm-hmm. This music is 
This is perfect. This is kind of what it is like when I go to a club. I just sit in the corner and talk. <laughs> talk to like a 38, first 38 year old Bob. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm friends with Davida. And Davida is your, your big sister. Yeah. Very protective. Protective. Photographer, yeah. uh, curator, gallery runner. Yeah, extraordinary. She runs an art gallery called Night, Gal- Night Gallery in Los Angeles. Yeah. I was putting on shows there. Mm-hmm. Nick, uh, she's uh, come to witness many of your triumphant Los Angeles moments. Nick, you've been going to Los <laughs> Angeles for some time now. Yeah. How's that? Do you like so, it? I like it. Yeah. I think I never had to stay there for too long a time. I think that helped. Because uh, I think it's a very enormous city and having a someone I already knew there and my family there was has helped a lot yeah and someone you already knew there I get my sister oh. <laughs> and you. I thought uh, me thank yeah. you <laughs> thank you no problem you have a friend named Jake do you want to talk about Jake <laughs> yeah, I gotta give a big shout out to Jake Nordwind JFL New Faces 2017 oh really <laughs> yeah who's a new face um yeah Uns- and then I unsigned uh, no, I think he was part of the... the... So you're well-known for on-stage, I'll say anything. All the words... Yeah, anything. <laughs> I'll go... I'll go off. I, the... I see something happening in the room, and I just... I go off. Destroying I hecklers. Rant. Yeah, I own hecklers. I, uh... I get heckled everywhere I go. <laughs> and, uh, I just, you know, destroy them. I make them pay me extra. Yeah, that's the thing. When you own a heckler, it's odd mm-hmm. because they're they have to pay you. Exactly. Yeah. But really, if you're owning them, you should be paying somebody. <laughs> yeah. What are you paying when you own a, a heckler? I barter and trade for hecklers. <laughs> you do buns heckling zone. Buns heckling zone. Yes. Uh, Craigslist. Right. I uh, I pay. Uh, the bar, just like a fee, <laughs> and I can heck, I can own as many hecklers as I want. Yesterday you hosted a show I was on. I hosted at Ossington Comedy every Monday night at the Ossington, 8 p.m. Great job. It's a plug. Half of our listeners are in the United States. <laughs> half of our, and the other half are probably in Ossington Comedy. <laughs> yeah, the other half were all there. Um, did you have fun? Are you? Do you have fun hosting? You're a very quiet host. Yeah, I don't really like uh, hosting. I find I want to get better at it, yeah. and I want to find a way to do it in uh, in that quiet way. Ooh, is this where you're at now in your comedy uh, little comedy lifespan? You're at the point where you say, "I want to get better." <laughs> <laughs> That's where I'm at. I just want to keep getting better. <laughs> no, you want you're, you're trying to find your, your weak spots. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, where are your blind spots? So you can do that. You can do that classic I hour. <laughs> I gotta hour. Be, you got to be a good host to do an hour. You got to be a good <laughs> host to do an hour. Now, if you're not a comedian and you're listening, you might think, what's an hour? Yeah. I just, you know, I'm spending an hour listening to this bullshit. <laughs> well, for comedians, every moment of an hour counts. If you're not getting... Five laughs you get, per second yeah. in an hour. You gotta. You can't send a clip to Comedy Central. No. Everybody wants a comedy special. Sometimes it's a half-hour special, but the Golden Goose. An hour. That hour perfect special, hour. The perfect the elusive hour. 
perfect hour. And everyone goes, you know who's got the perfect hour? Mm-hmm. Regan. You know who's got the perfect hour? Rogan. Rogan. Regan. <laughs> you know Rogan. who's got the perfect hour? Rogan. <laughs> you know who's got the perfect hour? Tommy Jonigan. You know who's got the perfect hour? Fetterman. You know who's got the perfect hour? Letterman. <laughs> and I mean Annie Letterman. <laughs> Lots of names just dropped. This yeah. is feeling like a very inside baseball podcast so far, but I do I think this this is an intense track. Also, this track is called Eight Bit Hits, and yeah. some of this Me and Nick are both high on ecstasy, I should say. Yeah, but a lot this sounds sixteen bit to me. I feel like a lot of eight bit stuff wouldn't have this layering. Uh, I guess I don't know nearly enough about the ins and outs of bits. <laughs> I'm getting really into retro gaming. I've got a Genesis console here. I've got my PS2, which is backwards compatible to PS1. Amazing. When I say I have the Genesis console here, I don't mean this one. Okay. I wasn't going to look around, but... <laughs> Thanks. 16-bit. That's a good... Uh, that's what you need some for a good hour. Game. Yeah. Some... <laughs> because you need to have some video game jobs. Yeah. My theory that I have thought for a little bit now is that 10% of what you see in stand-up comedy I would say is funny I and, agree. and like that holds true in any city and you know Toronto LA wherever you go and uh, I think yeah just people are obviously that means there's 90% of stuff that necessarily isn't maybe it's not bad but it's not super funny so 10% let's say are actually funny yeah right so then I would say 30% of people who are doing comedy doing comedy on stage a lot in any given town at any given time 30 to 40% even are actually this very important aspect of it which are people who are very enthusiastic about doing it people who are good at producing essentially either community linchpins or comedy fans who are telling themselves they're comedians. <laughs> um, yeah, I think like 30-40% are, I would They're contributing in that sense. Yeah, contributing in a good way to yes. comedy, yeah. That's I would really say what that. I mean. Yeah. And then we're at for the other 40%. Yeah. Which is chum? Chum. <laughs> NPCs, as the kids would call them. What does that mean? NPC? They're, on every podcast, someone's got to explain the NPC meme. Yeah. Uh, NPCs are something that, I don't know, YouTube comments, 4chan, Reddit people uh, tend to call. I think it does come from a uh, you know, libertarian right-wing oh, perspective, uh, young people of that, where they say, you know, if you're saying, you know, Hillary, Russia, collusion, you're an NPC. It's a non-player character. It's someone who has a script in a video game that they just repeat. Gotcha. Like, you know, you're playing Link to the Past on your SNES, mm -hmm. which you've cleaned up and refurbished. It looks great. Right, yeah. You invite your friends to play it, all your comedian friends, and none of them want to go. You're a little hurt. <laughs> so you play a one-player game, Link to the Past. Yeah. And what, you know, you walk up to a townsperson and he says the same thing. Gotcha. In Link for NES, there's a guy who just says, I am error. And he only says, I am error. So people call... Uh, you know, it's diminishing and demeaning, and, and you know, I feel somewhat psychotic. But <laughs> yes, these are NPCs. Gotcha. And okay. I will happily share in this slang. Okay, now Long I know. Psychosis. Cool. Now I know. Now I'll say it in my daily life. <laughs> hey, hon, 
<laughs> You're an NPC. Yeah. Mommy? He's an NPC. You might be an NPC if... <laughs> Jeff, Star Fox worthy. Here's your sign. It says NPC. It used to say you're dumb, right? You know that guy? No, I thought you were doing Jeff Foxworthy. <laughs> well, no, there's Jeff Foxworthy. Yeah. Are you doing Larry, the gay No, guy? there's also Larry. Bill Engvall? <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I think okay. it's, it's Bill Engvall. Yeah, He's part of the blue collar. Ron White is the funny one out of all those guys. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just think in 30 years people will be like, there was this dude called Larry the Cable Guy. <laughs> like, you will a, see me crazy, a, yeah. It's a memorable, odd thing. True. And, um... I mean, in 30 years, people will be catching fire as they walk through the regular <laughs> uh, air, the and they'll rain. be like, I can't believe Larry the Cable Guy was a thing! I, <laughs> I wish we focused on more important issues! <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the, um, Bill Engvall used to do this thing where he'd go, oh, you think fire hydrants shoot out the water out the side of the fire hydrants? Here's your sign. And it's like, the implication is, I'm with stupid. Right, gotcha. I can't believe that was the go-to example. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, it's like, if you're waiting at the pickup area of the pharmacy to order drugs. Yeah, there you go. Here's your sign. Yeah. <laughs> and does he have a physical sign with him? No! That's a great... No, that was he would have sold so many of those. Interesting thing. Well, he probably had a shirt that said, right. here's your side. Oh, and I see. You know, we should look into that. Yeah. Uh, I always thought it was interesting that they had, like, the blue-collar comedy, comedy tour had one guy with a... It had a guy with a very famous trope. Larry. No, or Foxworthy. Jeff Foxworthy. You might be a redneck if. Right. And then a guy with a second lesser-known sort of thing, which was here's your sign. Well, wasn't Larry the Cable Guy's whole thing get or done? That was a pretty well-known trope. Yeah, but that wasn't something that he would build a joke on. He'd just sort of say it and gotcha, the joke gotcha, as a catchphrase. Gotcha. I'm talking, these guys, these were catchphrases, but they were also essentially punchlines. Gotcha, you know? yeah. Like, yeah, anyway, I don't know. You've got me again, Nemro. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your favorite thing about uh, America, CVS? <laughs> Like CVS, and like, um, I was into, uh, well, they have it here now, but I loved uh, LaCroix Sparkling Water, which is, uh, you know, very lit, like, uh, people would say that they think you're a libtard, if you like it. <laughs> um, I like, like, going to see LA Clippers games is so cheap. You can go up to the front row pretty easily because nobody cares. I, uh... Are they bad? They're just, like... I think there's so much going on in L.A. that even if they're... They weren't bad when I would when I went to go see them a few times. And, uh... There's just so much going on that people... They're really, like, the fourth or fifth most, you know, exciting team in the city at any given point. Uh, what else do I love about L.A.? I love... The weather. <laughs> the women weed and weather, as uh, Kendrick Lamar triple, said. Yeah, triple W. Triple W? What's that? Women weed weather. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and I love, uh, love uh, you know, Robbie 
Peanut, and Thor. <laughs> Love Robbie Hoffman, Oh, Robbie dude. Peanut. So, yeah, I mean, again, this is a very scattershot thing, but yes. I lived in DeVita's home in L.A. for a, t a long time, mm -hmm. and uh, Nick would always be visiting his sister there. And uh, shout-outs to DeVita. Mm -hmm. And, uh, well, now you're going back. Now I'm going back. That's where you're going. I went from my parents' basement to my sister's basement. Yes. All within 12 years. <laughs> yes, all with, well, you know, I went from my parents' uh, one room in my parents' house to a different room in yeah. my parents' house. In, uh, oh, I think the last time I lived here was 11 years ago. It seems normal to live in this house, though, doesn't it? It seems like a good call. Yeah, it's a great house. You don't have family work. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's no, my beautiful... mom said I'm helping around the house. Good. She really likes it. I'm I saw you. Yeah, house. you swept up. I do. Unprompted. That. I sweep. I'll clean. I even cooked the other day. I mean, what'd you cook? Eggs. Oh yeah. We bonded over the fact that's basically what we know how to cook, right? Uh yeah. That was in LA. I remember. Yeah, I would cook you some meals here and there. Uh yeah. Is that true? <laughs> I'll say it's true for the podcast. <laughs> no idea. <that's laughs> true. You would always make good coffee. Oh, that's nice of you to say. When I was there, did you find that I was in a, a good or a bad place? I, I don't have a total perspective on myself. Uh, it felt like you were sometimes in. I didn't think of like a super bad place, but it felt good. It felt like oh. I would come upstairs and you were listening to Stern and laughing. <laughs> that's not healthy. <laughs> Well, you seem to be enjoying it. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I was enjoying it, but yeah. some of the most depressive points of my life have been accompanied by like listening, listening to, to Howard Stern. Stern in the house. Most people listen to that when they're driving to their Fortune 500 companies. It's a lot of CEOs listening to Stern. Probably. <laughs> sure. I guess you have to have Sirius XM to listen to it. Yeah. CEOs. Cis mm -hmm. English oafs. <laughs> yeah. Totally agree. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, so I didn't seem like I was in that bad place. I seemed hopeful. Seemed hopeful, yeah. Seemed to have auditions and shows and stuff like that. I did, and then, then nothing happens. Yeah, that's... Potentially. Fucking, potentially. Yeah, exactly. The potential is there. You me. went to go do that uh, whiskey... Like connoisseur <laughs> job. Well, that's not. It's <laughs> not one of the high points for me. Yeah, I mean, I appreciated the job. <laughs> yeah. I did get free whiskey. Yeah, it seemed yeah. fancy too. Because I was wearing all black for it. <laughs> well, <laughs> it seemed like a fancy whiskey, from what I understood. It was a somewhat decent whiskey. Yeah. And I would drive to a storage space and pick up the whiskey gear, and mm. then I'd go to like LAX set up at a hotel bar and offer people free whiskey before they got in their cars. It was completely that, insane. Yeah, that seems uh, bad. America's fucked. Yeah. Um, are, but are you excited to go? I'm excited to go. It seems like there's uh, no choice but to go. Why do you say that? Because uh, I got a visa that lasts for a year and a half. and. Oh yeah, that's a short one. Yeah, and I think to renew it, you gotta be, or I should be there in the scene trying to get future employment. Yeah, yeah, a year and a half, that's, that's, because I was had a three-year visa, mm -hmm. and I missed about five months of it, and mm -hmm. yeah, I moved, I rushed out of, yeah. of this country. 
uh, because I just felt like, oh, two and a half years, oh my god. But like, really I should have just chilled for like six months, or four, four months, or as long as I needed to, mm. um, before coming down. That being said, you know, I made lots of friends and I had fun, and um, only a few people are completely alienated from me through the experience. So. That's good, only a few. No, only a few. <laughs> so that's good. Mm. Um, and it's, it's good being, everyone's part of a little bit of a, like a graduating Canadian class that often returns to Canada, yeah. where a certain <coughs> amount of people move to LA at the same time. Like when I moved, uh, Steph Tolev moved, uh, mm. different people, Scott Thompson moved even, moved mm -hmm. back, you know? So do you know anyone who's moving at the same time as you that you can bond with? Uh, some friends, not... Uh, necessarily stand-ups, but Dan Dillabo. He's a writer and a funny dude, but uh, I think he just does, mo mostly does writing instead of stand-up. Writing's a smart smart business. Mm -hmm. One time that guy, Marin? Uh, Cheech? No. That guy's like this. What's up? WTF or <laughs> W4D40 or something. <laughs> Mark. Mark Marin. I met the craziest jazz cats the other day just on a random walk. <laughs> sort of sounds like Mark Marin. <laughs> I am the king of somehow raising expectations based on the excitement that I'm presenting something and then immediately lower them when presenting what the thing is. <laughs> but that's, I mean, all comedy is all about confidence, so if you just... Have that, have that excited. The whole time. <laughs> yeah. As soon as you see the look in the other person's face. <laughs> Does it bother you that comedy and confidence are, are intrinsically related? Not that I think you're unconfident. In fact, you seem confident to me. But um, at the same time, I feel like perception is reality. And if you're a more soft-spoken comedian, people often may say, well, why aren't you being confident? Mm -hmm. I just don't think that should matter, personally. Uh... I mean, no, I mean, ideally, and I think before going into comedy, and just, you know, naive youth, you thought it would be a meritocracy, and not based on anything but whatever you would define as, like, sense of humor. <laughs> uh, but... And then you met me. <laughs> and then I met you. And, uh, you told me that... <laughs> It wasn't a meritocracy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Canada is not a meritocracy. There's no getting around to it. And the U.S. No. barely is as well. No. But um, uh, at least the U.S. has consistent um, trends, I would say. Mm -hmm. Whereas in Canada, it's really hard to tell what the fucking trends are comedically. But yeah, I think the trend is... <laughs> it's your turn now. <laughs> yeah, it's your turn now. Which, oddly enough, it's never really come around to being my turn. That's been an well, interesting thing. Just give it 10 to 15 yeah, exactly. more years. <laughs> give it like 25 years. And it's like, Nick, do you want to do a gala at JFL? Or should he come out and be like, Okay, so the Nintendo Wii. You're trying to tell me that I gotta play frickin' tennis? I gotta exercise to use a, a video game system that don't make no sense. Mm -hmm. Nick is nodding. <laughs> just shocked at my improv. <laughs> I'm amazed. Who knew? This production company called Amazed. <laughs> I'm keeping that in. Keeping <laughs> that fact in. Get hold of them, friends. Uh, tell them you want more Nicks in your life. You know, I've always tried to uh, um, collaborate with you. Mm -hmm. It's never come together. Until now. 
now. Now that we have this natural chemistry. I said that we should do YouTube videos. Do you find like we're not having chemistry no, right no, now? I'm, Am I walking all over you? No, I'm simply trying to be self-deprecating. Or us deprecating. People hate self-deprecation too. They'll go, oh, I don't want to be self-deprecating. You're trying to be less self-deprecating. No, I was making a joke. I was saying an us deprecating instead of self-deprecating. Uh, I was making it. Including yeah. both of us. Yeah. Yes, I'm, I'm I, comfortable with that. I've always found people are not comfortable when I start including them in my failure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I can't Depends how personal you make it, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, I think that that's maybe sometimes what repels people from me is that it's like, is he trying to include me in his perceived failure? Yeah. I'm not going to be part of this guy's self-esteem rage against the machine monk rage against the rage against the esteem is there <laughs> is there anything more insulting than to call him the rage against the machine monk <laughs> I think to him certainly not he would probably he'd, he'd be fine well He's buddhist i guess that's true you can't really be mad about it yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh as you know i'm all about the adhd yeah talking about it let's talk it's... about it I'm reading this book, Answers to Distraction. Gotcha. Um, now, uh, this is by these guys, Howl Alone Rady. There were a couple of other books. This one's more like answers. So I just want to know what you think of these uh, tips. For uh, This is called 25 New Tips on the Non-Medication Management of Adult ADHD. Now, I'm probably not going to read all 25. It seems like a lot. It seems like a lot. Embrace your true nature. Be glad to be who you are. Don't practice being who others want you to be. Let yourself be yourself. Yeah, that sounds great. That sounds like, you know, not even for ADHD. Well, that's what specific. I find about this book, is that it's got helpful stuff for everybody. But also, the reason that it's so important with ADD people is because, uh, and I think this extends to creative people, is uh, that we really beat ourselves up because we have very rarely have set stru st structures, especially stand-up. So there's so much you feel like you should be doing and you're not doing. There's so many moments conversationally where you say, God, why did I say that? And if you just say something that weirds someone out, you just look at them and you go, this is who I am. Yeah, that sounds nice. <laughs> They'll appreciate that. They'll like it. Yeah. Have you embraced your true nature? I don't think so. What will it take? I think a few more years. <laughs> figuring work? it out. Yeah, crowd, crowd work. work. Once I finally master crowd work, I'll, I will have embraced my true nature. <laughs> Nelly, I just have to tell you. Yeah. Don't join any cults. Oh. Okay. They'll ask you to join. But don't do it. Don't it's do not it. really okay. Don't do it. It's a hot tip. Number two. Yeah. <clears throat> it's already. Was that part of the ADHD book? Don't join a cult. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because they're like, you will love cults. <laughs> you will give them all money. Hire an organizational consultant. Okay. It is worth the money to hire someone to come into your home or office or both and spend a day or two going over your whole organizational system. These consultants have a great deal to offer those of us with ADD. They know us. They can save us lots of legwork. They know what we need. Yeah, that sounds helpful if you do have ADD, I feel like. Do you think this, how, this room could use an organizational consultant? Uh, it looks organized in that everything's like put away and stuff. So, to me, no, but uh, I wonder what an, a real organizational consultant would say. Have <laughs> you considered getting into it? <laughs> no, that seems maybe like something I would also need rather than doing myself. Yeah. Here's another one. How's your organization, by the way? It's not great. 
hire an organizational consultant. Mm -hmm. Four, never worry alone. Never worry alone. People with ADD tend to worry and brood. When you find yourself doing this, talk to someone else. You don't have to talk about your worry, just talk to someone else. Otherwise, you're liable to fall into a paralytic state of rumination. Well, and I have to tell you, Los Angeles... He's good for that. He's <laughs> good for that. Yeah, because you're stuck alone and you don't get things constantly. And it is true. It's like, do I have ADD or am I constantly being rejected because of the job? The job, like the career I'm trying to get where rejection is just constant. Mm -hmm. You know, even a room that's laughing at you, you're going to look at the one sourpuss pointing a gun at you. <laughs> it's, 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 you can't please everybody. The end of Nick's. <laughs> yeah. Um... So don't ruminate alone. Was don't it? ruminate alone. Yeah, that's also probably good. It's not just like... I think self-reflection is important, but... Yeah, just going over why shit is so <laughs> bad alone constantly seems uh, depressing. Yeah, <clears throat> definitely. And um, it definitely is. I've done it so much. I don't know why I did it so much. That's why I invited like you over on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Just to talk, man. <laughs> that's nice, yeah. It's like obsessive thinking, yeah. Yes, obsessive thinking is hard to get through, and and, and obsessive thinking is uh, something again that we relate with drive sometimes, and and you know yeah. that's so this is the the issue, and this is why so many people with ADHD are in the media sometimes, and part of it because there is that drive, that focus, mm -hmm. and it is also romanticized, like to be. Like, a self-hating and be, like, to suffer is kind of romanticized through the stories you hear or see about your artistic yeah. heroes. Eccentric know? geniuses are romanticized when, in fact, totally. they kind of can't cope with, like, Actual... anything but what they're dealing, you know, what they're yeah. doing. And I'm not really talking about Brian Wilson or, or Daniel Johnson who have, you know, these levels of schizophrenia, which is, like, it's amazing... You know the, the, what they're putting out within having that, but you know, right. you know what I'm talking about, like yeah. sort of, yeah, just like when Ashton Kutcher was Steve Jobs. Yeah, when he was Jobs. <laughs> um, okay, let me go to number seven. Okay, watch out for your trusting nature. Ooh. Most adults with ADD are extremely open and trusting. They don't pause to calculate before they speak their minds or reveal their secrets. Ooh. This is an appealing quality, but it can be dangerous. Others may take advantage of you and treat you cruelly if you're not careful. Yeah, that's true. Just being vulnerable. Then there's also, I don't know, everything is a duality where you're like, well, if you withhold everything too, I think just know who you are talking to, I guess. Well, yeah, there's actually um, something in here later that says, you know, that you... Uh, you know, there are so few good people in the world, that's what they say here, that... 10%. You know, 10%. <laughs> as many good people as there are funny people. Yeah. And, in fact, they don't intersect. The two... <laughs> the two statistics don't, do not intersect yeah. at all. Um, yeah, like it says to, you know, don't, don't let go of that nature at the same time. And I think that that's true. I've been very trusting. Well, this is uh, just an example of that trusting nature I'm talking mm -hmm. about. 
I'll tell you mm-hmm. when I can remember after. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't the worst I felt betrayed, but I think it was the first time I felt betrayed. Okay, cool. I like that. I like that a lot. And this is an early betrayal as well, because mm-hmm. I was probably about 14, okay. 13. So it wasn't like that childhood betrayal. I definitely had those feelings, but I, I'm not really remembering what they are. Mm-hmm. But I, I thought of this this morning during my meditation and before my journaling. I, uh, <laughs> I, I had this memory of um, being at home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> something I've been practicing since <laughs> in the day and this man knocking at the door and he says hey my car just broke down I need money I need like 30 bucks I, I gotta get towing and all this is stuff is this in front of this house? yeah wow okay and I'm like I mean I don't live I, I, I know he said uh, in front of this house I don't I'm only live saying in some that, so gated I... community <laughs> I know, I know. I'm only saying it so I picture I have the full yeah. uh, sphere. When we were living here, and this man's like, I, I'm having trouble, I, I've got to get a thing, and he was like frantic, and I was like, oh, i got to help this guy. Yeah. i got to help this guy. I, and then I was like, I don't have any money. I'd love to try to help you get some money, though. So I accompanied him down the street Ooh. to my neighbors, yeah. helping this guy. And they were like, oh, well, Nick knows this man i barely knew any of the neighbors we lived there for a year oh god gotcha. and then i some guy gives him like 40 bucks wow and it turned out he's a scam artist yeah well that's kind of hard to pull off if he's like my car broke down or i guess he just says his car's around the corner or something because if, dri- like, if he drives off <laughs> i was a kid too yeah you know and and uh how did you find out he was a scam artist? There was something afterwards where people were talking about how he came. I think maybe he'd said he would pay back the guy, and they gave him a fake number. And oh, then they called okay. my house, and turned out he'd been around the neighborhood. So um, that was a... And, and and there's not anything on that level normally through my life, but definitely when they say talk about the two trusting nature, I, I definitely have that in mind. Right, yeah. yeah. So uh, what's your story? Uh... I think I was about five years old, uh, and I like, I like where this is going. Yeah, this is one of those car doors slammed on your hand kind of stories, right? Uh, I mean, sure. In that, that sounds like something that would happen to a five-year-old. <laughs> and then their hand falls off. <laughs> yeah, and I could never trust <laughs> again. Um, every door has to be. Every car has to be missing at the door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I only go on those jeeps. <laughs> Um, I think I told, what I remember is that I was, I think my mom was going to like redo the wallpaper or something in my bedroom, and it was like very, it was like from when I was a baby and I wanted it to be cooler, you know, like more, I guess, young boy-ish, so I think I told her I wanted dinosaurs, because I was like, I was like, I wanted, and I said something along the lines of like, I want it to be more grown up, like dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. And then I remember my parents had a party downstairs and I was at like the top of the stairs about to come down and Mm -hmm. my mom was like telling the story of me (laughs) telling her that I wanted that I wanted dinosaurs and then they all laughed (laughs) (laughs) and I like retreated back up into my room and I was uh, I was like 
Never told her anything again. Never, tra- <laughs> Never trusted her again. Tell her here now? No. Okay. I haven't seen her since. <laughs> I bolted. <laughs> not even on Dragon's Den? <laughs> I have not even seen her on Dragon's Den. Your mom was on Dragon's Den. She okay, wasn't on Dragon's Den. Oh, she was on Shark Tank. No, she wasn't on any. This is like probably wires got crossed. She knows one of the people on Dragon's Den. She was on a she was on a CBC business show that was also <laughs> produced by the Dragon's Den people. Like for five seconds. I'm deleting this whole Dragon's Den tangent. That's okay. Look. I love Dragon's Den. I wanted to also talk about topical things, and we barely did. No, I would say, yeah. But um, that might be better because uh, we... uh, And this is an evergreen podcast. Well, Nick. (laughs) What a great note to end on. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Nick, for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me, Nick. Are you glad you did it? I'm glad. In the can. Did you have fun? I had a great time. I got to see the uh, the beautiful house. Got to meet a beautiful cat. Yes, Annie the cat is a pretty cat. Yeah. And uh, I just really wanted to have you before you moved. Yeah, thank to you. L.A. Are you? Are you? Are you, what, you what, what are you gonna do to stay sane? Therapy. <laughs> that would be great. No, I think I don't know. Just go out and try to be at shows every night. So open mics. Listening to this in Los Angeles. Be kind to Nick Nemiroff. I know. People like you over uh-huh. there. They're kind. They'll say Nick Nemiroff. He's a funny guy. Yeah. I got that classic L.A. accent. <laughs> <laughs> hey! <laughs> Meet me over at Pico <laughs> and Santa and La Brea. I'll be at Pico and La Brea at two with the headshots. <laughs> yeah. Meet me there. Do I'm you a... like your management? Yeah. They're great. Shout out to Jordan. <laughs> Do you think that your management will ever... <laughs> Nervous for whatever this question is. Cut you loose. <laughs> I constantly think that, yeah. You know what, though? You're in the position of power. They work for you. <laughs> we'll see, yeah. We will see, Nick. Is there anything you want to plug? Um, you know, go to Instagram and Twitter, at Nick Nemiroff. Uh, Night Gallery. Night Gallery, if you're in LA, go check it out. You have my blessing to do shows at Night Gallery along the way. Thank you. I uh, appreciate that. I always had My a good... blessing is very unimportant to whether or not you will do shows <laughs> at Night Gallery. But... It's, uh, it's important to have, though. You, get, you oh, gotta get the respect, sweet. you know? You gotta get the respect. That's sweet. Mm-hmm. Oh! <laughs> I wanted to do a really quick show and tell. Okay, cool. Uh, it's just one item. This item is Degeneration X. Yeah, that was from the generation that I watched wrestling. WWF Attitude, so fun. Mm-hmm. Is think? this X-Pac too? Or no? X-Pac was there. X-Pac was... Sean Walton. Is this China? Yes. She's so small in comparison. I don't... I thought China... She's crouching if you look. Yeah, that's true. She's kind of got her knees bent. I think she was about 5'8", five, 5'9". Wow, really? I yeah, thought I China was, was like six feet tall. I, maybe six feet, but I think I think Joni Lauer, aka China, rest in peace. Oh yeah, shit, I forgot. Uh, was it was really her physique more than necessarily her imposing stature that people remember were awed by. Gotcha. 
So yeah, this is a Degeneration X video from the uh, WWF Attitude Era. Yeah. This is an earlier one where it's you can see Degeneration Degener X is primarily presented as Shawn Michaels and uh, Hunter Hearst Elmsley, but at one point it was like <coughs> Shawn Michaels was gone, I think. And I remember it, X-Pac, Road Dog, Billy Gunn, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Mm -hmm. D-Generation X proudly presents to you, finish it up. Oh, I don't know. The heavyweight champions of the world, new wave badass Billy Gunn, the Road Dog Jesse James. The New Age Outlaws! Nice. I had to watch wrestling in secret as a kid because I don't think my parents liked it. Why not? Because of the guys naked? <laughs> They're almost naked. <laughs> Too many naked guys, yeah. They loved when China was on. <laughs> uh, and she's the one that did porn. That's the, true, yeah. yeah. Um, Literally in the end. <laughs> that's not bad, dude. You gotta no, write what? it down, <laughs> write it down. Oh, you're saying in the end of her life? I so thought you were doing layers, wordplay. So yeah. many layers. I was. I see. But just, you and did other wordplay. <laughs> yeah. Now that's comedy. That's riffing. That's riffing. Want to hear my one wrestling story? Eddie Riffin. <laughs> yes, um, I do. I met uh, Mick Foley, Mankind. Yes. At a blockbuster opening in uh, <laughs> <laughs> rural Quebec. <laughs> Made my brother drive me like three hours. So you were like brother, brother yeah. dear, Alex. Alex, yeah. May you... Please drive me your darling younger brother. Yeah, that's very polite. Baby boy. <laughs> yeah, that's very self-aware. Did you speak French to him? Monsieur. <laughs> to mankind. Mon frère, mon frère, mon frère. <laughs> or to my brother. <laughs> uh, oh, just big folk. Uh, yeah. Monsieur, Monsieur Sock. L'humanité. Is that what his name would be? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so you went and met him at a mall. Yep. In yep. rural Quebec, and then what yeah. happened? And uh, I shook his hand, got a picture, he signed a poster, and that was it. It was like a big lineup. The whole interaction lasted, you know, four seconds. Did he have Mr. Socko with him? No, he was kind of dressed like in a, a flannel. Right, the classic. Had, yeah. If you, yeah. If you go watch some stand-up now, you might actually catch Mick Foley in flannel. Yeah, Mick Foley does stand-up. Uh, Tito Santana is doing something. Mm -hmm. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Uh, yeah. I think Jake Ken, the Snake. Ken Patera? I was going to say Shamrock. Oh, see? Ken Shamrock! <laughs> I just see, or I've seen him on, like, podcasts with comedians. Yeah. You it's know who wasn't funny? Who? Chris Benoit. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, so you got anything to plug? NickNemroff.com? You got that domain name? <laughs> I got that domain name. Well, Nick, mm -hmm. thank you. This has been a treat. Thank, thank you for listening to Nick Flanagan Weekly. Yeah, thank you for having me on Nick Flanagan Weekly. You're welcome. <laughs> it's really sad when the music dies out. <laughs> well, we're done. Thank you so much for listening to Nick Flanagan Weekly. I really appreciate your support. And if you want to support the show any further, go to patreon.com slash nickflanagan and find out about paying $5 a month to help me do this and other things like stand-up. You can follow me on Instagram at Nick Flanagan Weekly, Twitter at Nick Flan Weekly, write me at weeklypodcast at gmail.com. Have a great life. Or just subscribe to it on iTunes, rate it, review it, and more than anything, just tell your friends if you like an episode and hopefully they'll listen to it. Thanks. 
You're really a deer. I really think of you as a deer. A deer, deer person. Nick. Flanagan. Weekly. Nick. Flanagan. Weekly.